Hey y'all, how are you doing today? I'm so glad you joined me for the last discussion in this series, Success Versus Failure. This has been a series that has challenged me. I hope I have not given the impression that I possess all of these characteristics because I certainly don't. I have a tendency to fail and fail often. I have a tendency to think I know it all, to blame others for my own mistakes, to hold grudges when I know I should forgive, to feel entitled to certain things and act like it, and to fear change. It's a battle that rages on. It's never ending. All I have to say is thank God for grace. The last characteristic that we will discuss today is no different. Joy versus anger. Success in the Christian life is characterized by joy. Failure is characterized by anger. Now don't get me wrong. Anger is an appropriate emotion. It has its place. You best believe if someone messes with my child, this redheaded temper will be off the chain. I can get angry. For the child of God, anger should be the reaction we have for injustice, oppression, mistreatment, abuse, sin, disrespect of God and His holy ways. Not only is anger in and of itself not bad, it's the appropriate outward expression to those things I just listed. Jesus became angry and showed His real feelings about the abuse of the house of God. God's character and holiness was being defamed by individuals who would have rather made money off of those coming to worship than to worship God themselves. There was no place for commerce in the temple of God, and Jesus stood up for this wrong. What wrongs are you standing up for? What injustice, oppression, or mistreatment makes you so mad that you have no other response than to stand up and, quote, overturn the tables, as Jesus did? Does the flippant use of God's name warrant that anger in you? Does the blasphemy of God or the blatant disregard for Jesus stir righteous anger in you? What I'm afraid of, because I have seen it in my own life, is the answer to those questions is no. Instead, our favorite football team losing or a coworker messing up a project or the crazy driver of the car in front of us in traffic stirs up more anger in our flesh before any righteous anger bubbles up to the surface. If that is the case, then it begs the question, are those things righteous? Is that God's way? Will those angry emotions draw us closer to Him? So last week I said I might have to share some of my red-headed temper stories. Well, get ready in a roundabout way. Here it goes. If my mom were here with me right now, she would probably tell you I was born with a temper. She would probably also say it's the red hair. My oldest sister has red hair as well, to which my mom would probably say she has a temper too. My dad had a temper. I guess some of my sisters and my temper is learned from watching him. Speaking of teams losing and my dad, he had this uncanny knack for pulling for the worst team out there. If any of you are Atlanta Falcon fans, you know that the franchise has had a dark past. I did a little Google search. Did you know that since 1966, when the Falcons began playing, their lifetime record so far is 369 wins, 473 losses, and six ties? 
That's a 57% losing record. Well, that was my dad's favorite team. Every game was an emotional roller coaster for him and us, the innocent bystanders. Many a Sunday paper was thrown across the room when the Falcons lost. Look, y'all, I loved my dad, and he was a good man, but this was a flaw, his temper. We can kind of laugh about his sore losing streak now, but in the midst of those tense moments, I usually went in hiding until his anger was under control. For me, my temper rears its ugly head on occasion. I have been known to slam things when I am angry. Doors, objects on a hard surface, cabinets, whatever is near. I know it's hard to imagine, but just ask Brian about my slamming streak. The thing with anger, whether it was my dad or me or you or someone that you love, is it's a form of communication. Whether we are talking or not, our anger says something about us. Does it communicate that we have a calm spirit? Does it say that we are relying on God? Does it relay the message that His ways are better and I am sticking with them? Unfortunately, no. Anger communicates that my spirit is in turmoil or on edge. It says loud and clear that I am relying on myself. And anger might as well shout at the top of its lungs that I think my way is better than God's. What does God's word say about anger? Let's look at a few. Proverbs 29, 11 through 22 tells us that anger is foolish and sinful. Matthew 5, 22, Jesus tells us that anger is a slippery slope that left unchecked can lead to more dangerous sins. Get your thoughts and feelings of anger in check before they lead to more violent responses. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, Paul tells us that Satan would like nothing more for you to be angry, to sin, and then to let it fester. God's way to deal with these feelings is to do it appropriately and quickly. And then James 1, 19 through 20, tells us that a lifestyle of anger is not God's way. He would prefer we be slow to speak and quick to listen. When we do that, we keep anger at bay. According to the notes in my study Bible of Matthew 5, it says, Anger is a dangerous emotion that always threatens to leap out of control, leading to violence, emotional hurt, increased mental stress, and spiritual damage. Anger keeps us from developing a spirit pleasing to God. So what will aid us in developing a spirit that is pleasing to God? We have to look at the fruit of the Spirit, and in particular, joy. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and then verse 25 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. God has given us the ability to develop these characteristics in our spirits if, as verse 25 tells us, we keep in step with the Spirit of God. Comparatively speaking, in verses 19 through 21 of Galatians 5, fits of rage is part of the acts of the sinful nature. This is not in step with the Spirit. Let's look particularly at the characteristic of joy. 
What is joy? It's an emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, happiness, or delight. Joy is the outward expression of inner peace, hope, and reliance on a God you know is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. Joy is the byproduct of time in God's presence and obedience to His ways. Let's look at a few specific scriptures. Psalm 1611 tells us that there is joy in God's presence. Psalm 9711 is the Old Testament reminder that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. John 15, 11 tells us that Jesus' joy is available to us. And Acts 13, 48 through 52 is a real-life example of how real joy from the Spirit is not reflective of our circumstances. It can be present and evident even during hard times, opposition, and persecution. The success that comes with joy is seeing others come to Christ, earthly joy, and eternal rewards. Nothing would bring more joy to my heart than to have a Let's Be Real podcast friend begin a personal relationship with Jesus today. We cannot live a, quote, successful or good life on our own. We need the help of someone greater and stronger, and that person is Jesus. As we pray today, I would like for you to consider taking the step of faith if you have never made that commitment. Today's prayer is coming from a book I just finished reading entitled, I'm Sorry, by Carol Jackson. In the last pages of this book is this prayer. It's true. I bore your pain. I paid your debt. But that was just the beginning, dear one. I defeated sin and death by my resurrection from the grave and I am more alive than you can ever imagine. I died and rose again to redeem my creation from its fallen state, to redeem you from your mistakes and poor choices. I'm not inviting you to a religion or a set of standards or some rituals I need you to perform. I'm inviting you to a personal relationship with me, your Savior. I want to open for you the doors to eternity, a spiritual realm you never knew existed. It's really very simple. Let me draw you near, hold you close. Tell me that you're sorry for what you have done, that you know that you need me as your Savior. Say, I want you in my life. Please forgive me, Jesus. Invite me into your heart to live and reign and to fill you with my presence. Let me transform your life and make you into a new creation. I will set you free. Please come. I'm waiting with open arms. Love, Jesus. Amen. To be a, quote, successful follower of Jesus is something that is hard work. We will have to be intentional about choosing to live God's way Let me be real. Like I said at the beginning, I don't some days. And most often than not, I mess up. I'm not always teachable, responsible, forgiving, grateful, faithful to God and the changes that come my way, or joyful. Living this life is not about what I can do and if I can do it right. It's about what God has done for me, 
how Jesus died for me, and how the Holy Spirit is present right now helping me. Which life will we pursue? Let's follow God's lead. We can follow the same pattern set forth in God's Word if we will only immerse ourselves into it on a daily basis. And when we do that and begin making choices that reflect how God is working in our lives, He will look our way with pride in His eyes and see us not for our failures, but for His successes. To be real with you, that's the kind of life I want to live. I hope you feel the same. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you have a great week. It's Holy Week, which means that the greatest event to ever occur and flip the world on its head happens this weekend. Good Friday, the day we celebrate Jesus' crucifixion and burial. Resurrection Sunday, the day we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead, alive to bring us forgiveness of sins and eternal life. I encourage you to spend some time reading the accounts of these events in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament of the Bible. I will also encourage you to participate in worship this weekend, whether in person at a local church of your choice or online. It is the best thing to celebrate. And if just a little bit ago, you began a relationship with Jesus as I was praying, today, it's even more reason to celebrate this Resurrection Sunday. Join me next week for another episode of Let's Be Real. If you have been encouraged by today's talk, rate us, share with a friend, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. I can't wait to meet you right back here. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.